the creatives and the curious, my name is Pendo and welcome to 12 Point Font, my novel writing podcast where I answer questions, conduct interviews, give advice, point out resources, gush over my favorite books, writers, and, well, things, and then just generally babble as I muddle my way through November. Today is NaNoWriMo Day 9, and we will be covering Eureka Moments and then the crash in the middle. But first, today we are going back to Germany for what isn't actually an idiomatic expression. It's a German word that has no real translation in English. It's, um, and I am so sorry to all the Germans, um, Lebensmude. I really like this word. It fascinates me. And to find out what it means, go ahead and stick around until the end of the show. Yes, you can Google this one technically, but then you wouldn't get the writing prompt. So you got to stick around till the end when the writing prompt comes. All right, starting out with question one from Reddit user earthly underscore delights. Any other late night eureka moments? I find that some of my best ideas occur when I'm lying in bed trying to force myself to sleep or back to sleep after waking up. It's 5am and I've been lying awake in the dark since 4am thinking about my nano novel. I've made more progress with my story lying here, (laughs) fantasizing about it and taking occasional notes on my phone than I often do sitting in front of the computer. A whole plot connection I missed while writing yesterday has now become so glaringly obvious. Now I'm having trouble getting back to sleep. All I want to do is get up and write. Then go get up and write. Um, Does anyone else tend to have their eureka moments when they should be sleeping? Okay. So, sometimes people get their eureka moments when they should be sleeping. I think more so the eureka moments are a result of wandering thoughts. Just letting your mind drift is what allows for your story and your ideas sometimes to come together. It's that daydreaming brain, uh, the drifting mind, if you will. Um, me, an intellectual. Uh, think about shower thoughts, right? Um, you're not actively thinking about thinking about something often when you're in the shower. Then suddenly an idea pops into your head, or maybe a strange bit of wisdom that your brain has uncovered, or two different things that have been put together. Um, by the way, shower thoughts is a real fun subreddit to check out, which has led to gems such as History classes are only going to get longer and harder as time goes on. Or, a group of squid should be called a squad. And my favorite, why do people say tuna fish when they don't say beef mammal or chicken bird? <laughs> I, um, I suppose epiphanies scarcely do happen when we're truly focusing on them, so don't worry about it. I guess. I do, though, have Neil Gaiman here to back uh, me up and explain where ideas come from. At least his. I feel I should warn you, if you haven't picked up on it yet, though, Neil Gaiman will be showing up a lot in this podcast series, so... Yep, here he is. Uh, Neil, just an inquiry. I'm wondering where, if you're feeling particularly at a creative low point, where you get your inspiration from to come up with such amazing tales and amazing uh, subject matter to write your stories about? Um, What you've actually done there (laughs) is ask the question that must not be asked of writers. Um, You've rephrased it ever so slightly, but what you've fundamentally done is say, where do you get your ideas? And writers... um, are awful to people who ask us where we get their ideas. We, we get mean. We don't just get mean, we get mean in a writery way, which means we'll make fun of you. Um, and, and we do that. I'm not afraid. <laughs> and, and the reason we do that is because 
we don't really know. Um, and we're terrified the ideas will go away. The truth is, I think, um, for me, inspiration comes from a bunch of places. Um, desperation, <laughs> deadlines. Um, a lot of times, ideas will turn up while you're doing something else. Um, and, and most of all, I think ideas come from confluence. They come from two things um, flowing together. They come from essentially from daydreaming. It's that point, and I suspect it's something that every human being does. Um, writers tend to train themselves to notice when they've had an idea. It's not that they have any more ideas or, or get inspired more than anything else. We just, we just notice when it happens a little bit more. So good, so fresh, so fun. Time for my book recommendation. Today's recommendation is for The Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Niffenegger. I don't know why, but that first question just made me think of this book. The bursts of inspiration, the way we think, and how our thoughts travel. Also, time travel. Plus, the character in the book, Claire Abshire, is an artist. So, the book is meant for adult audiences, so do use discretion when reading, though. On to question two. Okay, this question is by Reddit NaNoWriMo user. Come on now, Josephine. Anyone else experiencing a big dip? Hey all, just wondering if anyone else is going through a dip in their creativity right now. I took a few days off at the start of the month and got my project off to a flyer, and I felt like my old self again for the first time in a good year or so since I started my first proper career job. But now that I'm back at work and back to 14-hour days, oh my goodness, and feeling exhausted, it's just whacked the creativity right from my brain. There are other issues that play a huge part too, but in comparison to some of the amazing folks on here juggling kids and careers, it feels like silly excuses. It's been three days since I've written a word, and I know I'm going to be no use on weekends now because it takes me those two days to recoup my sleep and just to generally feel better slash awake slash chirpy. It's getting to me that I feel like I don't have the time or the energy or even the words to carry on this little me project that I was so stoked about when I was feeling a bit more upbeat. If any of you are experiencing something similar, how are you coping with keeping your nano project afloat? Any tips? All right. Um, I think what I want to say before I get into uh, the tips and stuff is don't, um, just for anything in general, um, it's generally unhelpful to compare your progress to other people's. Um, not because it's not nice to know where you are, um, in comparison to the average, uh, others in the population, but just because everybody is an individual, which means everybody kind of progresses at a different rate. So you saying, oh, some people are busier but have gotten farther doesn't help you um, with your own personal median, you know? So so don't, don't compare, um, in, at least in that sense. Then I want to say stop beating yourself up about it. Um, yes, I guess for emotional reasons, like you don't want to feel sad, it sucks to feel sad um, when you're the one making yourself sad. Uh, but also just for some like logical reasons. First of all, it's unproductive. Um, second of all, it doesn't help you write. Third, it doesn't help motivate you to write. And yes, those are two different things. 
four, it doesn't help your creativity, and five, it's demoralizing. It really is. It will prevent you from writing. Every second that you spend wallowing in your own failures or what you assume to be failures is a second you're spending not writing. Um, how do I... I'm gonna go ahead and tell you a story. Let's keep it a secret, okay? It's just between us, right? I have a friend who is currently behind in NaNoWriMo about a thousand words right now with her novel. Um, by the time this episode comes out, I don't expect her to be behind anymore, but currently she is. And it sucks. It sucks big time. And she's angry at herself for allowing herself to do this. She's so disappointed because she's been doing NaNoWriMo longer than me and she hasn't ever gotten to 50,000 words. Uh, every year she says this will be different. She'll stay on top. She'll stay on head. Here's the thing though. She was forced to prioritize. She had to do a makeup paper for a class to boost her grade so that she can keep her scholarship. Even with school, she's an adult, so she has a job. And she has a child. And yes, she has a husband, but also he works. So, does she do her assignment? Does she complete nano? Does she do both and risk passing out from exhaustion, which is a thing that has happened to her before? Obviously, the answer is the assignment prioritize the scholarship and financial stability. But now that she's done the assignment, she's behind in nano. What's the benefit of her beating herself up? <laughs> Was it laziness? Was letting herself sleep and take care of her body the same thing as being lazy? No, of course not. That's just like you working and being tired. Being tired isn't the same thing as being lazy. It's two very different things. Now, if you're not writing because you can't get up, like you just don't feel like getting up, um, that's a different issue. Um, if you don't feel like doing it, uh, also kind of a different issue. The third thing though, um, and I think that might be what you're going through, just apart from the exhaustion, is that you're all out of creativity. Um, that's what you said, right? You just feel like your creativity ran out. This is what has affectionately been deemed writer's block by us writers. Um, I don't think we need Patrick Rothfuss to come in and tell us. Again, his philosophy on writer's block just goes into that episode again, but he never actually told us what to do about it in that episode. So here are a couple of things that I know have worked for people. Um, maybe they could work for you. Did you outline your novel? Because the issue might be that you're missing direction in your novel. If you know the end, you know, you just need to sit down and write for the ending. Um, maybe you are a planner and you haven't known it, and so you've been trying to ride by the seat of your pants like a pantser, and you just don't have that direction that maybe an outline would give you. Maybe you're a planter and you like to, you know, kind of go off on your own little tangents, find your own directions, but you also kind of need a bit of a guideline. Um, so consider that. Consider writing out the beginning, the middle, and the end. It doesn't have to be anything incredible. Uh, you don't need, you know, flowcharts and mind maps. Just try writing out a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, or you could try skipping around a bit. This doesn't work for everyone, but if you just need to remind yourself that you can write and that you can write this story, 
write a part of the story you're excited about. This is kind of the writer's equivalent of eating dessert before dinner or pushing the veggies to the side of the plate. Just be aware you are going to have to eat the veggies at some point in order to make the story make sense. You are going to have to fill in those gaps between the exciting bits. Oh, hello extended metaphor. I really like those, huh? I really like food metaphors too as well. Okay. The last thing you can do is you could write a companion piece. Um, now that you've kind of explored the story and yourself as the potential issues or the potential um, causes of your creativity block, perhaps what the problem is, is the characters. Maybe you're taking issue with the characters. Because usually if you know what everybody in the story wants in the scene and in the wider fiction or nonfiction, it becomes much easier to write them in the story because all you have to ask yourself is, what do they want? How will they try to get it? And how do I stop them? Because right there you've got plot, character, and tension in every scene, in every major arc. If you can't do this in your book, um, try writing a companion piece about something that makes you livid and then write your characters into it. So this is something that makes you, the author, angry because it's very easy to talk about things that make us angry, right? It can be something big and serious, like clear-cutting for livestock production or water waste in commercial farming, or it can be the trivial things, the everyday pet peeves, like the toilet paper should face the outside or the inside, or do our pets love us or not? Go ahead and write yourself a short story about your characters after they've taken a position on whatever issue makes you angry and have them try to prove it or do something about it because writing something you're passionate about gives you a lot to work with. It gives you ingrained ideas already and you'll discover your characters in the process. Um, and sometimes you'll find your characters disagree with you and that's kind of amazing. And here is the best part. When your novel becomes a mega hit and outsells your wildest dreams, you can sell the companion piece for all the money and include those words in your NaNoWriMo word count. Hey, think big or th think home, think, go, go, go big ideas or go, go home ideas. Yeah, that's how that works, right? Sure. Okay, I hope I have given you some tools for your novel writing process. If you have anything that helps you overcome yourself in your own creativity hurdles, go on and leave a comment or send an email. Help each other out, you know? Uh, that is it for me. That is all, friends. If you want more, come on over and hang out with me on Instagram or Twitter at Pendoland or check out my website at Pendoland.com. If you're not yet tired of my voice, you can go to my scarcely used YouTube channel. Also at Pendoland, if you have any questions or comments you want me to read on the show, send them over by email to 12pointfont at gmail.com. That's 12pft at gmail.com. Or you can tag me on social media with the hashtag 12pointfont, just like the show title. The intro and outro for the podcast is Mary Pop Poppins by True Loves. All of this and anything I talked about in the show will be linked in the show notes as well. Also, if you have a second, it would be super cool if you could give this a good ratings on iTunes. A good rating. Yep, on iTunes. It helps a lot. If you do, just go ahead and message me. I'd love to give you a shout out in the next show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. This one wasn't um, particularly humorous, but I hope you got something out of it as well. Now, the word of the day uh, that replaced our idiom of the day today was the German word, I'm going to butcher it again, Lebensmude. 
the closest translation to it in English is is life tired, which kind of literally means being tired of life. So for your writing prompt, I want you to write a scene in which your character is so affected by their environment that they have become life tired. Write about what made them tired and then describe how they react to this feeling. This has been 12 Point Font reminding you to stay creative, stay curious, and stay writing. Until tomorrow, that's goodbye. And today's recommendation is for The Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Niffle... I think I glitched. I'm gonna tell you a... Here, let me... Uh, um, yeah, uh, t tell you a story. Nope, that's... Nope. Um, the issue... The issue. The is Those are sharp asses. If you know that everybody in the story... Know that everybody... Know... <laughs>